today on Wine Access Unfiltered. You're in the biggest suite in the hotel. You're staring out at this big LED screen, right, with your mug on it mm-hmm. on, this, on, on the Las Vegas Strip. And, I, and now I'm thinking to myself, am I insane? <laughs> this shit is not that funny. This is not that funny. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. I'm done. Welcome, everyone, to the Wine Access Unfiltered Podcast. I am Amanda McCrossin here with Vanessa Conlin. How are you? So happy to be back, as always. Thank you. Oh, I'm happy to have you. Uh, When was the last time you did a push-up, I wonder? I'm going to say 10 years. 10 years. Wow. You're more of a Peloton girl. I love my Peli. I love Pilates, you know. Um, but back in the day, you know, I mean, there was a time when I could do an actual pushup, but that was long, long ago. Okay. Well, I think that's fine. Cause you look great and clearly you're, you're still working out no matter what. We've got a fitness expert, uh, not just any f- fitness expert, but as you may have recalled from your yester youth, uh, body by Jake, does that ring a bell for you? Not just a fitness expert, like the fitness expert. Yes accurate for sure. And I have to tell you, I am very familiar with body by Jake, but I'm probably more familiar with him being big brother Jake on the family channel. I don't know if that was your generation, but it was definitely mine. It's, you know, I didn't have a lot of TV growing up, to be honest. I grew up watching like VHS of like Alfred Hitchcock and all the Mel Brooks movies with my folks. So there you go. All right. No, can't relate, but, um, (laughs) but know who he is. I'm very excited to talk to him. All right. Well, (laughs) she stands alone, but that's okay. So we've got Jake Steinfeld on the podcast today, which is super cool because I think they, he is a multi-generational human being that my dad knows, you know, I know for all different reasons, but of course he is most famous as body by Jake. And just in doing a little bit of research on him, fascinating guy from an entrepreneurial aspect, really has done so many things outside of just the fitness industry. He's launched the major league lacrosse, uh, the first professional outdoor lacrosse league. Uh, he went to the Olympics and was a torchbearer. He's also, uh, launched a new line of protein shakes. So like the guy didn't just stop at being a fitness expert. Like he's done a lot of things. And as it turns out, he loves wine. Well, then we love him. (laughs) We do love him. And um, he doesn't love any wine. He loves red wines and Cristal. I want to be invited over to his house, have a workout, like refresh with a little Cristal. Um, that sounds amazing, but yeah. very, very uh, uh, interesting and refined tastes. Not maybe what you might yeah. expect, just kind of peering in from the outside at, you know, Body by Jake. I specifically loved Laura's comments after she had talked to him and it was basically like loves red wine and crystal. And I was like, Hmm, cool. I mean, I can get on board with that. That sounds like a, sounds like a friend I need to have. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but he, you know, he lists super Tuscans, Brunello's, Barolo's producers. He loves includes silver Oak and nickel and nickel loves La Coya. So I felt like we should definitely honor the things that he loves. He seems like a guy who knows what he's, he likes, but I think we can give him some things that maybe he hasn't had. Obviously, we're not going to give him Cristal because he has a lot of that. So we should maybe go with a different great vintage champagne. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the same outstanding champagne, just nudge him a little out of his go-to, you know, comfort zone, which, you know, again, Cristal is a 
I hope one day that that's my comfort zone. Me too. My day-to-day basis. But, um, but no, I think I, I'm really excited to taste these with him. I love both of these wines and, um, I can't wait to, to hear what he thinks. Yeah. And for the red wine, I think it was for me. And I think for you as well, an obvious choice in that he clearly loves big red Italian wines. And we've talked about this wine a number of times in the podcast and it's finally time to drink it. It's finally time to pop the cork, put it in our glass and get this done because why not? Well, he finally gave us an excuse to do it. I agree. I love the excuse. I love that we're going to talk to Body by Jake. I think it's super cool. And let's drink. Hi. Oh, Jake, we are so excited to have you on the podcast. It's fun to do a little research on you because there's so much to learn that I didn't know, but true story. So (laughs) one of my favorite things that I read was that you only drink reds except for 2008 Cristal. Is that an accurate note that she took? (laughs) That's the truth. And and I'd break that out, but you guys sent me another one that we're happy to try, but that we do Cristal like, you know, it's a, it's our Fiji tap water. That's one thing. I'm, I'm all about guys in life. It's about moderation. You yes. know, as I said, I, I grew up on the finest of Jewish wines, Manischewitz, and you know, <laughs> uh, but really, um, I, I've been very fortunate. Very, my wife Tracy is sensational, and she uh, she does the homework on the wines, and she goes into the cellar in the evening, and uh, we'll do a bottle at night, and she'll surprise me with something, and uh, it's it's. She was very excited when. You guys sent your package because uh, oh, oh my gosh! And the things that we get now, this is the stuff I know everyone knows, like from Wine Access. But my yes. wife keeps every one of these cards, <gasps> and in the cellar, she hangs the label and you know all the stuff that you guys do, right? They're, oh, that's so cool! I love hearing when people do that because I think too. they're so great, and I love hearing that people find them as useful as I think they are. Yeah, so that's no, wonderful no. to hear. Is it okay if I sip this now? Is it? I mean, it you, is more than oh, okay. okay. It great. is encouraged. Okay, great. Yes. So you're drinking, you're drinking the Ornalaya. Yes. Um, and Vanessa, where is your wine? I have mine. I don't see it in front of you. I have mine right here, but I was getting a little nervous because I see the bottle of champagne behind you, the billet cart, and it looks like the cork is still in. So I was, that does make me nervous. No, no, no. Because, because, so we had a home in Nantucket for many years and we started a tradition that whenever we opened the bottle of champagne was crystal and now this beautiful one that you guys sent me we always get everybody around and we pop the cork together and depending how far and long it goes that's how long the wish will last for oh what a fun tradition and dangerous really at that but that's cool (laughs) (laughs) now amanda we don't point it at anybody we point it out you're right okay so what i'll do is now and if it's a kind of a dud we just say oh that's the greatest of all. So it's never bad. It's always positive. So I'm going to do like this. Uh, let me let me just see. All right. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> How'd it go? How far? A mile? Two? Happy New Year. Do you even I, see it? I think that we hit a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> see, when, when, you st- when you started telling this story, Jake, I thought you were going to say you have a tradition you always saber the bottle, which would be sort of equally dangerous in its oh, own way. Oh, no, but- <laughs> exactly. I just pop it this. This is significantly less dangerous. Now, these beautiful champagne glasses we got in <sighs> Moreno and Italy, yes. you know, they blow the glass and we had them made. They're magnificent. I was going to 
My wife said, I need to show these off. As soon as you said you had the maiden, I was like, ooh, they kind of look like Murano glass. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, Murano, Murano. I'm from Brooklyn, so is Moreno, you know. So, you know. I'm from Philly, so I didn't get out much. But. So you're from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us, would you ever think, wait a second, when we were 17 and, and we were hanging out, if we were hanging out in Philly uh-huh. or New York together, and we say, okay, what do you think you'd be doing? I think we'd be hosting a <laughs> wine show, and we're going to be talking about wine and champagne. Really? My Boone's Farm? And what? And what else are we talking yes. about? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. I think I had, I had deep down hoped that maybe that would be the case, that someday I would grow out of Sutter home. Um, but <laughs> I certainly did not think that I would be drinking 2007, Dulacar Simone talking about glassware from from Italy. Well, that day has arrived. <laughs> the day I, I have arrived. That, that day has arrived. We've got the 2017, the very young but delicious Ornelia from Italy. And we have the 2007, Dulacar Simone. Uh, which cuvee is this? The Louis, the Louis Simone. Cuvee Louis. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I actually, I had a couple weeks ago. I love the bubbles of the champagne, guys. I mean, I get mesmerized. We like to, we like to just watch the bubbles. It's just a... A very yes. relaxing, but uh, very sexy, I think. The, right? It's kind of, it's like a more adult lava lamp. Yes. <laughs> An adult lava lamp. <laughs> that is so spot on, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, you you need yeah, to, you I know would... what? You should trademark that. You should trademark that. I'm sure that. the people at Bill Carr would be very excited. You better do it right now. <laughs> You should do that because I'm doing it presently as as we speak. I love it. Mm. I I thought you were going to say a fish tank, but I think lava lamp is far more exotic. Oh wow! Hey, that's. <laughs> oh, he likes it. I like I like when they're quiet. I like when they take a sip. Fish tank could work. Wow! Hey, that is really dynamite. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, we've done our job well when they're speechless. <laughs> that's right <laughs> on on a podcast. <laughs> well, well, no, no. But how do you guys pick the wines and champagnes? to send to guests. Okay. So this is such a fun question because this, when we were talking about doing this podcast, we talked about, you know, what were going to be the themes of this podcast? How, how is it going to be designed? And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool because this is what we did to warm up guests at restaurants. We always had this little table side chat with them and we would get to know them. We would ask them questions that didn't really seem like they were related to wine, but tangentially they were. And so we would have this like anywhere from the 30 second to five minute conversation. And I was a sommelier on the floor uh, at a restaurant in Napa Valley. And this would happen every night over and over and over and over. And what we would do was gather as much information as we could, not only about their wine drinking preferences, but about the people. So where they went to visit, where they've been before, oh, that's where great. they're from, their favorite sports teams. And we would, we would try to compile as much as we could. And so that's what we did with this podcast. We said, let's take Lara Coffer, who is a wonderful advanced sommelier who used to be the wine director for uh, the Bottega restaurants in Yonville. We said, let's have her basically do what we did as sommeliers and interview the guests before they come on the show to get as much information. And then the second part of that is anytime we would get that information, we'd all come back as sommeliers and we'd look through the wine list and we'd say, okay, I think we're going to, I think we're going to select this, this, and this wine and bring them back and say, this is what we think you should drink for tonight. And so that's essentially what we do. We compile all that information. We boil it down. Vanessa and I have a conversation with Laura. And we say, okay, based on the fact that um, mm-hmm. Jake's been to Italy, he loves big reds, but he also loves 2008 Cristal Champagne. This seems like a really good idea to maybe give him you know, one of the great, classic, wonderful wines uh, of Italy. And then also another vintage champagne that maybe hasn't had that smaller production. 
Well, so I that's, say, that's only half the story. But, but that's, though, hang, right? on, hang, hang on, hang <laughs> on, Vanessa. I gotta say that's that's genius. That's so genius. And Laura, who did the who did the little pre conversation, mm-hmm. was outstanding. I just want to let you guys Good. know. Oh, thank you. She's amazing. She is amazing. But, yeah. So so everything Amanda said is true, but there's just one piece she left out, which is I know exactly also, what you're gonna say. <laughs> we also tend to pick wines that we want to drink. Accurate. <laughs> That's so now how did so how did you guys get this gig? Is it I mean, come on now. Let me give give me the inside story that 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 everyone who listens to you every week, you know, uh, we just tricked a lot of people into thinking it was a good idea to talk to other people on camera and drink wine. Um, <laughs> but Vanessa and I both both have a background in in theater uh, and being on the stage and film and whatnot. And Vanessa is a master of wine, and I have a career as a sommelier. And she is the head of wine at Wine Access, and I have done some media stuff for them as well. And um, you know, our our guy at Wine Access, AJ, he was like, I think we should do a podcast. And I think, you know, this could be a thing. And honestly, it just, it was a very organic and natural process. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of, I don't know, by way of just like, uh, the universe just doing what it was going to do and us seizing these moments that you were just talking about earlier. But right. we basically were like, you know, this could be a lot of fun. And you know, it's sort of evolved into a very enjoyable experience for both of us. Honestly. I think it's great. I th- I, listen, I think it's fun like this on Zoom, but obviously in person, it must get insane. Well, that was always the goal. It must be so much fun. Yeah, we wanted to do this in person because obviously we're both based in Napa Valley and we're like, you know, it would be great to get people to come here. But uh, the way that when it started, it, it was during COVID. So we haven't been able to do that. But yes, eventually we hope that this will sort of iterate into an in-person. Oh, it should. I mean, it definitely has extravaganza to... of sorts. And you're going to get some great stories from people. You just, you just keep, you know, knocking down wines and champagnes in 25 minutes. The, who knows what happens? <laughs> it's, it gets, it gets crazy. Yes. It'll be, it'll be like, check please. Um, well, speaking <laughs> of stories, you've got a lot of stories yourself. Um, like I said, it was a blast to research you and, and see all the crazy things that you've done in your life. But I think we should start at sort of the beginning. You know, the thing that caught my eye first was, you, you know, you're a personal trainer. Everybody knows you as Body by Jake. But how did that all happen for you? I'll tell you a little story, guys. So um, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I was an overweight kid. I had a really bad stutter growing up. Uh, my dad bought me a set of weights when I was 13 years old. True story. Called me out into the backyard. It was the summer. Uh, he had a little weight bench set up. I didn't know it. Uh, he still calls me out. I, I I look down at my Twinkies, you know, and he said, let's do some bench pressing. And uh, I said, you know, uh, I don't think so, Dad. And he was a guy that would ask you to do something once. And if you didn't respond, that was the end of it. The weight sat there all summer long. Uh, the fall came around. Now, I'm the oldest of four. Now, Amanda, you know, just from living back east, uh, the oldest always lived in the basement. <laughs> that is true. Yes. And that's where I lived. It was the cool spot to live, right? And so I'm 62 now. So I'm going to date myself a little bit, but I had my Hendrix poster on one wall and my Alice Cooper poster on another wall. I had my black light, you know, posters everywhere else. <laughs> and I was never much of a student. And when my dad asked me to take the weights in, I put them in the laundry room, which is right adjacent to my bedroom. And every night, whatever it was, once again, this is one of those moments, right? I'm doing my homework. Like I said, I wasn't much of a great student. And I have to be highlighting whatever's supposed to be important. And I'm highlighting everything. And then I start looking around. 
And that night, whatever the reason was, I see those weights. And I got up. I bring the barbell into my bedroom. I put it on top of my ottoman. Had this little skinny mirror behind my door. I put it on top of the ottoman, right? I had, I used to love to listen to Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way also, guys. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, he has a live album. At the end of the album, there's like 10 seconds of wild applause for Frank. So I put on, I'm ready to put on my headset, queued up to the applause for Frank. Let me give you a visual. I had this tank top on with my stomach hanging over my underpants, right? <laughs> I, I had this afro and I had braces on. It was, it was very sexy, I have to tell you something. It sounds like a good look. It was a great look. Oh, my, you, wow, forget about it. That's all I'll tell you. And here I was with the applause of Frank. I'm looking in the mirror, Jake Steinfeld doing his bicep curls in front of 50,000 fans at Madison Square Garden. Wow. And that's where it all began, guys. And I had this dream to become Mr. America. And um, cut to, I went to college, the first one in my family to ever go to college. I went to college upstate New York. You guys know Cornell University? Of course. We've heard of it. Yeah. Right. I went to Cortland down the street. Great. Right. <laughs> okay. I like that. Another standout school. Another standout. And by the way, Red Dragons, God bless, you know, but it's not too conducive to walk around in your gold lame posing trunks in 18 inches of snow. True. So I'm there for three months and every day I'm thinking about Venice Beach, California, Muscle Beach. That's where I want to go. That's where it's happening, right? Like, that's the scene. That's where it's happening. It's 1977. You know, this is, oh, my gosh. This this was it, guys. And every day my mom would call <laughs> to check in to see, you know, how you doing? How's poli sci? How's English? And, guys, you know, we all, we all have dreams. No matter if you're 15 years old or 55 or 60 or 70, we all have dreams. And, you know, what I've come to learn is sometimes when you dream and you have these dreams, it's tough to explain to people what it is. You get, a, you get nervous to explain it to people, mm -hmm. especially people closest to you sometimes, because sometimes the people closest to you one are, seem to be the ones who are the most negative. And there are a couple of reasons. One, they don't want to see you get hurt. Sure. Or if it's friends or girlfriend, whatever it might be, boyfriends, they don't want to see you more successful than them. And that's a, that's a small, that, that to me, you, there's plenty of room for everybody to succeed. And I do a lot of speaking on that today. But here I was at this moment at Cortland State. It's snowing. My mom calls. I get up enough courage. I go, she goes, how's poli sci? How's English? And I go, ma, I'm going to go to California to become a bodybuilder. <laughs> Silence. I love it. Herbie, that my dad's name. <laughs> Pick up the phone and talk to your kid. I'm putting my head in the oven. And... <laughs> All, all I'll tell you is the bus ride from upstate New York to Baldwin, Strong Island, which is where we grew up. That's, we, we were raised there in Long Island, born in Brooklyn, was the longest bus ride of my life. And as I expected, you know, my mom and dad were great, but they said, look, go to California, get it out of your system. You'll be back in New York in a couple of months. And my friends all said, you're never going to make it. What's wrong with you? And the crazy thing is I took the shot. And in life, guys, you have to take shots. For sure. That's the great thing about life is taking shots. So I come to L.A., uh, summer 77, and I say this. This is when the dinosaurs still roam the earth, <laughs> meaning the big bodybuilders. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, you know, the movie Pump and Iron had just come out. Pump and Iron to me is my gone with the wind. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, and it was unbelievable. that The muscle magazines came to life for me. 
And I entered the Mr. Southern California contest in 1978. I came in second place. Wow. The guy that beat me was on steroids. Now, I read all the muscle magazines. Every muscle magazine said if you eat 18 eggs and 24 chickens a day, <laughs> you too could become Mr. America. Well, I clucked a lot, but I never became Mr. America. But nobody ever mentioned steroids, guys. So here I was, once again, another little moment. Like with my kids, we have four kids. As our kids were growing up, Tracy and I would talk about decision-making. And if you think about it, guys, if you have to think about something too long and too hard, probably something you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, at that moment, I said, I'm not going to do this. And the reason why I never took steroids was, very honestly, I was afraid. (laughs) I was afraid to put a needle in my own batissimo, very honestly, you know. And it was one of those things where I didn't want to go back to New York, at least in my mind, a loser right? Because everyone said, you'll be home. I love working out. I love what it did for me. I love how I felt. And I stayed. And right place, right time. I was the first guy to do personal fitness training, training this actress who was getting ready to do a Club Med commercial, uh, who asked me at a pool, you know, at our apartment complex in Studio City, can you help me? You know, I like you, Jake, but I don't want to look like you. And if you think about this was 1979. So Jane Fonda, who's awesome, had just come on the scene with the high-impact aerobics, right? And, you know, at that time, you guys could probably attest, you were little babies, but women were very intimidated by using weights because they thought they were going to get big muscles. Yes. So what I did was, she said, could you come up with a workout routine to come to my house and do the workout there? And I said, okay. She goes, I'm staying at a friend's house. I said, okay, great. She goes, in Beverly Hills. Gave me the address. She says, oh, how much is it going to cost? I go, um... Give me gas money for my 1977 white Camaro with Jake 77 on the license plate. Nice. Always had to keep a very low profile, guys. That's important. Entrepreneurs, (laughs) low profile, right? (laughs) I went to her friend's house and where she was staying. I knocked on the door. Now, if you weren't on the cover of Musclehead Digest, I don't know who you were. This guy answers the door. Turns out to be Francis Ford Coppola. Get out of here. What? I I just looked at the guy and I thought, this guy could use a workout too. You know, Francis. it was amazing because, you know, she started going to parties. They started asking her, what are you doing? This guy, Jake, comes to my house. He's got this 30 minute workout with a broomstick, a towel and a chair because I improvise. Right. As it just. Yeah. Resistance training. If I were to give you guys a towel and pull down on the towel and have you do a bicep curl, Vanessa. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm putting more resistance on on your arms as instead of me giving you two 15 pound dumbbells. Psychologically, it's a bath towel, right? And one thing about this interesting place called Hollywood, you know, people were saying, what a great idea. What's his phone number? Well, I literally went from upstate New York to L.A. Right. And, you know, there's no cell phones back then, guys. You had to list your phone number in a phone book back in the day. Right. I never did it. And one thing about this town is if you're good and people want to get a hold of you (gasps) and they can't, they seem to want you more. That's right. (laughs) And it became this mystique of who is this guy? You got to get him. And all of a sudden, I'm getting phone calls from people like Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford and Priscilla Presley and Bette Midler and Warren Beatty and Barbara Streisand. And the biggest biggest names in the world, I'm traveling, training Harrison for Temple of Doom and all these. I learned the most amazing lessons from these people. And the biggest one was this. They're no different than us. Yeah. The only difference is they had a dream and they never quit on their dream and never took no for an answer. And, you know, 
that gave me all the incentive in the world to say to myself, well, I might never direct ET too, but I'm going to have my own success in life. Yeah. And I was able to parlay that famous by association into videos and books and television shows. And I mean, I was listening and learning. Mm-hmm. I, there was no way I could have gotten what I got from these people in college. Now, by the way, college is not for everyone. My wife and I never squeezed our kids about schools. You don't want to go here. Let's go buy property. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll do something different. Uh, but it's really interesting because when you go out and you push yourself, if you have a passion and if you have just the, the, the ability to dream, this is the greatest place on the planet to be able to make dreams come true. Oh, cheers to that. It sure is. How about that? Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers with the Garnalaya. Question for you then. If you ever had a client, and maybe you did, who you know didn't have that sort of own personal motivation and drive and sort of needed you to push them, like what was your tactic to get them to do that? Oh, my gosh. You know, that's such – I have to tell you something, Vanessa. I've been promoting, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, uh, a new nutrition shake line that I, we, we launched. It's called Don't Quit. Here's the answer to a very terrific question. What? Look, I'm not a kinesiologist. I'm not a doctor. Uh, my superpower, we all have one or two. I have one, <laughs> is the ability to motivate you to be able to do something that you didn't believe that you can do today. And tomorrow, I'm going to make you believe that you could do it even better. And with that being said, that foundation built, if you can do this that you didn't think you could do, 10 push-ups, 25 push-ups. If I could do 25 push-ups, what else can I achieve? Mm. And I did it two ways. One was something called a positive psych, and the other was a negative psych. And depending on the person, and look, I mean, you probably you 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 are the same person as I were East Coast people, street smart people. Vanessa, I'm sure you're very street smart, you know, too. But the idea is that uh, I'm pretty good with knowing people, and you get a good understanding. And when I talk to people who want to be personal trainers, it's the most important thing. Personality leads all, but you need to be an amazing listener to listen to what the person is saying and what they need. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to come to your house and, and put 275 pounds on a bench guys and say, we're going to do some benching today, you know, <laughs> but a positive psych person like Steven Spielberg, I call wheels, right? Wheels was, would tell me all the time, Jake. I mean, the first time I met him, uh, we trained at his house in Beverly Hills on Coldwater Canyon. He had his black socks and sneakers on, just like like he said in seventh grade gym class. And he was so sore, but he loved the challenge. And I would continue to push him because he didn't think he could ever get 100 push-ups. He was blasting through 100 push-ups, but it was always, you can do this, buddy. Come on, 25 more, 26, 27. Opposite way, Bette Midler, who... I think is the most amazing person on the planet too. Yes. I trained Bet for a movie called Down and Out in Beverly Hills uh, and Ruthless People. And with Bet, it was great because she was she 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 was the best. She would say, I would go, Bet, okay, let's do some push-ups, but let's get 25. I I, I don't want to do 25. I said, Bet, <laughs> you're the one doing the movie. I'm not doing the movie. She goes, ah, fuck off. And she'd do 50, you know? And, and, and that's what it was. So, but depending on the person, right, depending on who you're talking to, that's how Vanessa, I tailored 
the routine to, the motivation, the inspiration, the challenge to. Mm-hmm. And that's, in essence, my, that's my secret sauce, along with this very nice champagne, I have to be honest. <laughs> also secret sauce. Hey, let's sauce. hit this. Come on, yes. guys. Come on. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Well, so how did you get from this, uh, the Manischewitz, to drinking Cristal on the reg? What happened with that? Where was the transition? Who was the person or people? One of the greatest stories of my life. This is fun, man. I'm not, you know, I'm so used to just doing the heavy pitch on product. This is really That's fun, right. girls. We get I'm, to drink I'm in between. So, so um, I am in, I am in London with uh, Harrison Ford. Is where we're doing uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. We're doing. I got nothing to do with it. I'm just training them, right? I'm training Harrison. A tiny little movie that didn't succeed. Fantastic. Continue. Uh, I was, so I was training H I was, um, I was training Kate capture as well. And I was training Steven Mm -hmm. wheels and, uh, and, oh, which reminds me of a better story. Even after this, you guys, we're going to have some fun here. Um, (laughs) drink more wine. (laughs) I had never had, um, I, I had never had any kind of fancy, well, fancy, fancy stuff, right? Caviar. I never tasted. Mm-hmm. And we're at the St. James Club, all right? Um, I have a suite there. It's really exciting. Wheels calls me up. He says, come on, let's, let's, let's have some dinner. Come on up to the suite. And t- come up to, the, to his big Macha presidential suite, you know? And we're sitting there, and, and <laughs> I said, come on, what do you want to eat? He goes, whatever you want to have. I said, let's get some caviar. Let's get some caviar, and let's get some. Yes. Some of this, Chris, Chris, what kind of, what is this champagne? He goes, Chris, I said, I think it's Cristal. Yeah, I heard about this. Let's get this and let's get some caviar. We ordered three pounds of caviar. Guys, listen to me. Three pounds. (laughs) I have pictures to prove it. We hit that caviar so hard. And I fell in love with Cristal and caviar. And Wheels and I, to this day, uh, laugh about those stories and those moments. But I'm going to give you guys a story that I did a one-man show in Las Vegas. I don't know if you saw this or not. So I've done a lot of speaking across my career, and I always had this dream, right, once again, taking shots. I said, um, I got stuck on a plane with some friends, and I just started telling some stories like we're doing together. They said, Jake, have you ever thought about doing a one-man show? And I said, you know, I always wanted to do a one-man show because I speak, I do a lot of motivational for corporations and you know all kinds of things they said we should figure this out so we worked together with a couple of these producers that i know by the way two people that we met through our daughters at our school at brentwood school and i just my wife would always say you know they produce television shows. I said, everybody produces television shows, honey. They, you know, <laughs> they just they're just nice people like we should hang with them every once in a while so we're stuck on the plane I start telling these stories. They go, we need to work this out. So we kind of work out a few stories. And I'm not a joke teller. I just tell stories. So we said, okay, what do you want to do? Let's get it up on his feet. So we rented a theater in Beverly Hills. It was a 99-seat non-equity theater. And they said, who do you want to invite? I said, I don't want to invite anybody I know. Because, yeah, people, they, oh, Jake, yeah, that was fun. You're never going to get the real deal. And... And they said, okay. I said, listen, 
if you're going to do this, let's do it as a comedy experiment. Don't tell people it's Jake Steinfeld, a body by Jake. They're going to go, what are you talking about? It's the fitness guy, you know, because you know how people put you in a box, right? Sure. Like you guys are the awesome, incredible wine people, you know, who have a very That's right. big hit podcast. I mean. <laughs> we like that box. Thank we you. We should hit this again, guys. Come on. We should cheers <laughs> to that, that box you just put us in. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> cheers to that. So anyway, right. uh, we, we got it up on his feet. Uh, they invited 99 people and the last minute I put a cam, we put a little camera in the back of the room. This was about eight or nine years ago now. Gee whiz. And the curtain opens up and it's they Jake and it's, and I went on, I did 90 minutes and at the end of it, everybody, I mean, they stood up, they applauded and it was like, what are you going to do? And I go, you know what? I, I want to do a night in Vegas. I want to do one night in Las Vegas. I mean, if you're going to go, right? Get out of here. Like, it's like, if you're going to go, go. Do it. Why? It's like, yes. forget about it. It's just like. Why go as an observer if you can do a show? You're going to go. People say, <laughs> you know, you should start out in Poughkeepsie. You know, do a little off-Broadway. I said, nah. I want to go. I, I want to do a night in Vegas. So, spoke <laughs> to some friends. Uh, and I got to the president of MGM. Who actually. Steve Wynn is a dear friend of mine. And for other circumstances, he couldn't do it. And uh, I figured, okay, there goes that moment. I'll figure out something else. And I literally got a phone call <laughs> about a week and a half later from the president and CEO of the MGM Grant. And I didn't know this. My office says this, a guy on the phone. I thought, because once again, I bullshit a lot with my friends. I, I made phony phone calls my whole life. I, have, I, I can do lots of voices, and I do all kinds of different things, and I have a ball. And sometimes it, it backfires because it, I get it on myself. Yes. So when my office said there's, there's uh, the president and CEO of the MGM, Grant, I figured, okay, I wonder who this is going to be. Let's, let's play this up. <laughs> and he gets on the phone. He said, I saw this videotape. I'm just going to tell you one thing. If you don't do your show here, I'm going to ban you from Las Vegas. True, true story, guys. Don't get banned from Las Vegas. Right. So here's what happens. Huh. MGM Grand, the Hollywood Theater. Do the homework. What, yeah. David Copperfield has, has his right show there. David, I guess, is a pretty nice guy. Doesn't let people on that set. But um, my moment happened. Tom Jones was so gracious and such an awesome guy that he – Agreed to open for me. What? And it was. Yeah. <laughs> now try the red. Try the red. Drink in the just red. Try, just try the red. I'm, I'm telling you. You don't red. need to ask me twice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm. That really is dynamite. It's delicious. So here's here's what happens, guys. Where uh, Tom is going to open up. We, we're we're shooting this for television. I fly in Saturday morning. And remember, I'm doing it for one night. And the show was called Jake Steinfeld, No Expectations. Perfect. A very funny one-man show, if I might say so myself, right? <laughs> the world lets you be what you make them believe you are. That's right. And um, they put me up in the monster suite. Nice. I mean, everything that you would think the headline is supposed to be. Wow. They were so terrific to me. The people, the MGA, it was like over the moon. My wife was flying in later because our kids had soccer and lacrosse games, right? Now, I don't usually get nervous. I mean, as it 
kid with a stutter, the stutter is always there. It's like kind of lies underneath. Every once in a while, if I get tired, I get a little tight in my throat and the words get stuck. But when I get out to speak in front of people, I take a big deep breath. I'm fine, you know? I'm in this suite. So visualize this, you two, right? You're in the biggest suite in the hotel. You're staring out at this big LED screen, right, with your mug on it. Mm-hmm. On the on on the Las Vegas Strip, and I and now I'm thinking to myself, "Am I insane? <laughs> this shit is not that funny. This is not that funny. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. I'm done." <laughs> I had done a season of my Body by Jake show at the opening of the Mirage Hotel, and Steve Wynn, who's a dear friend, literally erected a tent next to the Cirque du Soleil tent. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I'm talking about, mm. before they had their own room, okay? And everybody did my show. I mean, everybody came. Whoever was in Vegas did my show. They came and they cooked or they sang or they, they did something, right? And they had to do a push-up. Everyone at least had to do a push-up. And I, and I heard of this thing called Vegas throat <laughs> that, that, that uh, singers get, mm-hmm. you know, where it's very dry there. So now, you know, the, mm. now the Jewish kid, kicks in and I'm like, I'm going, I'm, I'm starting to sweat. Like, Oh my God. So by the time my wife gets there, I've worked myself up into a frenzy. I I go, I've lost my voice. I need chicken soup. This stuff is not funny. And I've guys, Amanda, I'm telling you, Vanessa, I've never done this in my life. I said, I don't know if I could actually do this now. What am I doing? And literally as I'm saying that, there's a knock on the door, and they oh, they're two security guys, and they they bring the headliner down back in an elevator. I mean, it's like it's like a movie, and it's there's this long hallway. They knock on the door, and my wife goes, "You're gonna be great," and I look at and I, they open this door, and I look down this long hallway, and I go, "Dead man walking." <laughs> there better be champagne at the end of this. And I just kept thinking, now I hope there's gonna be a few people here. You know, because they it seats 735 people. If you've ever been to the MGM Grand, the Hollywood, right? It, it's it's a yeah. beautiful room. It's mad. It's beautiful. Comics have been there. I mean, George Kong. I mean, everybody was in that room. And I walk through, right? Because you come downstairs. You don't go through the lobby or anything. It goes right into the dressing room. And my attorney comes in. His name is Bob Lieberman. He says, Jake. Oh. <laughs> there's a line around the casino and I just took a big deep breath like oh my gosh wow. and it was here's the moment you come out on stage everybody claps I mean this is not me doing fitness it's you know you gotta stretch yeah life is this is what we live for right you gotta take chances you gotta get a little dangerous with yourself I don't mean dangerous like in trouble dangerous but yeah take chances where you might fail but failure guys is not death mm-hmm. death is death that's when, the, that's when the director yells, cut, show is over. But failure is what, you know, it's what life is made of. And yeah. it, every entrepreneur has stories of success and incredible things that you kind of fall on your face on. And this was a moment where yeah. it worked out great, got a standing ovation at the end. But the best moment was Sunday morning where lying in bed, my wife and I, and the phone rings, and it's the concierge saying, Jake, we keep getting requests of for of people wanting tickets for tonight. And I said, ah, oh, you made my life, man. One, One night, night only, only, baby. That's it? That's, One that night was only. it? That was it. No more sh- Bang. That wow. was it. 
Too. That was it. I no, love it. That, that was it. So that what did you? What did deal. you celebrate with? Was it Cristal? Was it? That's of course. Of course, Cristal. No, we did Cristal. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm on a. I'm on a drinking show. Are you sure this is not a frat? This isn't a frat party show that we're doing now. It's not. You have two girls who don't drink <laughs> beer out of kegs. No. So I assure you, this is not a frat party. Good. No, this is a very classy <laughs> sorority party, and you know, I get it like that. Cristal. Very classy. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. Like, anytime I listen to a podcast that's non-related, which is most of them, I'm always like, but what did they drink? Like, they went to a restaurant, but what did they drink? They had a celebration, but what did they... I'm always wondering, like, what did they actually drink? So this, right. is, this is the answer to my lifelong question. This, this, this red wine gets better and better every single sip. You know, that's the sign of a good wine. And you know what also is a good sign is when I have to refill, which I'm doing right now. That is the sign. Um, yep. Best best wines are the ones where the last glass and the bottle are the best. That I love it. So now what is your favorite wines, guys? I mean, because I mean, I'm I'm kind of easy. I'm I mean, I'm seriously, I've got great friends. One guy in particular, you guys might know him. He is the chair and founder of the V Foundation. Oh. His name is Steve Bornstein. Um, and we go up every August and, uh, it's the wine celebration is just incredible. The folks there, nickel and nickel, they uh, Mm -hmm. host a great event and the people there are so nice. And, um, we've been on and won so many great, uh, we spent a weekend at the La Coya. Uh, oh, wow. uh, vineyard. Oh my goodness. Forget about that. That is beautiful there. Right. Is that not unbelievable? And there's such such sweet people and it's like yes spring mountain i could just keep going and going and going it's yeah. the best the best we we're so lucky we live we both live in napa valley like we said and for us to choose a favorite wine is like i don't know it's like choosing between favorite children i mean there's definitely ones we favor for sure although i have to say i don't have children but i've talked to people that do and on the dl they're like i actually do have a favorite child really <laughs> many glasses of wine though <laughs> good question good 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 question See, good question now another person now do you guys know Stuart and linda resnick justin wines um we know a, a different resnick but no I don't, I don't think i know yeah i don't think we know them you need to know Stuart and linda they they have justin wine oh sure yeah down in, in Paso. yeah oh and, and they are they're the founders uh of uh, fiji water we love fiji palm uh you know um palm wonderful they are two incredible people. Actually, Stuart and Linda were one of my first clients back in 1981. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, I, and they've been friends ever since. And that's the thing, you, you know, um, as, as being the first guy to do personal fitness training and making it, on, you know, an occupation, um, I got to spend time like you guys and what you do in your life. It's a very personal thing, mm-hmm. you know, working with people and recommending a wine and becoming friends. They come to a restaurant and it, you feel like you feel like it's the clubhouse, Yeah, you know? And when I was invited into someone's home, you know, that's very personal. And, uh, I've, I've kept so many incredible friendships, um, mm-hmm. Over the years, but uh, uh, Stuart and Linda, their Justin wines are great. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we it's it's a classic, iconic brand for sure. Is this a wine you've had before? No, I I you guys have introduced us. We are very excited. My wife Tracy was so fired up about this. You, you know, it's really exciting. I mean, we are definitely going to be hanging this stuff. You know, 
We'll be cutting this out and uh, hang on. Let me let me get the. I love it. Here it is. There it is. Where's the yeah. one? I, I I have all four that you guys sent us. All the all the. Um... Yes, there it is. <laughs> Italy's <laughs> first growth. Here it it's is. true. Here I, it I, is. Look. Born Alaya. I mean, we've talked about it before in the podcast. We've never had it on the podcast. We're certainly. Oh really? Yeah. Well, we we try not bring it we back. Try not to drink the same wine twice in the podcast but this is the first time that we've we've talked about it like i said but we've never had it um and this is like the end all be all in italy i mean this is definitely one of the most famous wines from here i think the ornalia yeah i think you should do a mini series on this one this this should be a six episode <laughs> Great. you should do a six episode on this let's sell it to netflix and we're on our way well you're good at ornalia great you're you're good at talking people into uh uh your series so uh let's do it <laughs> that's what we do so i'm going to give you another wine story okay cuz i don't have a lot of wine but stories that but... i do not believe please no 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 well we have some great, <laughs> we have some great crazy Nantucket Cristal stories, mm-hmm. but that's for another show. This one you're gonna, you guys, uh, I think you will enjoy. Okay, so we're <laughs> in know. London. It's it's on a Sunday, and you know it's August, so it's super hot. And um, I was at the time, <clears throat> you know, v- very much into the diet stuff. Now. You know, we eat like we're going to the electric chair. That's what I like to say. Great. And that's why I train so I could eat. So here I was in London training these guys. It's a Sunday. Wheels calls and says, hey, look, we're going to see the previews of a new Broadway show that's going to happen called The Phantom of the Opera. I'm going to meet with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. And I figured, okay, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm not a big, you know, at the time, I'm not a big play guy, but okay, I'll, I'll go with you guys. So it's, so it's, it's literally, it's Spielberg and his wife at the time, Amy Irving, and myself, it's Harrison, and a couple other people. And uh, we show up and we go backstage, right? And that everyone is kind of mingling around. It's hot. It's August. It's one of these little little theaters. I'm sweating like a farm animal, guys. And no one's talking to me. They they, <laughs> they think that I'm security, you know? So I, I'm, I'm just kind of standing in a corner and there's no water. There's only offering white wines, right? And they have white wine. And I and they keep coming up and I go, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't drink. I don't. Thank you very much. And now I'm like, I'm parched. You know, I'm just, you know, I got, okay, come over here. And I go, zip. Like this, it was cold and delicious. <laughs> and I hit like five in a row, right? Five in a row. Oh, and man. all of a sudden. <laughs> and you haven't been drinking, right? Like you're training, so you've not been drinking. That was five white wines more than I've had in my whole life. Let's just put it that way. Okay, at the time. Wow. Uh, I'm probably okay. 21, 22 years, 21. I mean, I was a, a strict up, I was straight up muscle head, right? Okay. Now I am banged up. I mean, I, I can't, I'm like, I am wobbly. I am wiggly. And now as that, that's happening, they say, okay, we're going to seat you people now, meaning Spielberg and Amy and Andrew Lloyd Webber, and they have the row set up. Now, I literally am so whacked out, I cut in between Spielberg and Andrew <gasps> Lloyd Webber, and I sit in between them, right? I'm sitting down. Oh my this is the first preview. Of the Phantom of the Opera, okay? 
<laughs> in London. Oh and Spielberg is there to talk to Andrew Lloyd Webber about the movie version of this play, of this musical. Uh-huh. I sit in the middle. Now, the first act of Phantom of the Opera, I don't know about you guys, but it's a little slow. I'm just saying. I'm not going to, we're not theater critics here, but a bit. it was yeah. 200 degrees in the theater. I had five white wines, and I start doing like this. Oh, the old nod. Like my head starts, my head starts to bob. I start doing the old bob. And Spielberg goes like this. He goes to hit me. Like to like, I thought he's jerking around with me. He's nudging you. He's awake. nudging me away. But I thought he's I thought he was messing <laughs> around. You talk about the frat house. I thought he was messing around. So I kind of hit him back, you know? I go, eh, eh, like this. Oh my god. We're in this theater, <laughs> right? With with this press around. And we, I literally start, we elbow each other for about two minutes. He's getting more angry as you can believe. Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> I, will, I, I, will, I will only tell you this, right? When the curtain comes down for the intermission, they, uh, they asked me to, to wait outside. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> they asked me to wait outside. <laughs> wait. But then there was a dinner afterwards, and he was married to Sarah Brightman at the time, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and she was the star of the show. Sure, and yeah. she and I hit it off. We had a great, a great conversation. They got this. We were at this Indian restaurant that they closed down, and <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber would not look at me the whole dinner. Mm-hmm. I, I would say something, <laughs> tell something, say something funny, and he would give me like a look. Cut to, I mean, maybe three or four years ago. I haven't seen this man ever since that night. I'm at the Regency Hotel. I'm having breakfast. And here comes Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? No, he's Sir Andrew. He comes walking in. And I go, Andrew, how you doing? And he looks over and, and he sees me and he goes, and he just like walks away. No. He remembered. He does. The- he remembered. He goes, the duck and dive, and I never saw you. You like that? I felt so great, and I, I've told. I love telling that story because my first experience with white wine. Wow! I'm gonna have. A, I'm gonna have. A, I'm gonna have a cheers, cheers on the red. With the red wine, I think, for that story. Cheers yes. on the red. Much better. So here's what well, I'm picturing, though. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing someone elbowing you, but then you elbowing them back is probably a bit of a different experience. That's a lot. That's like a broken rib experience, right? <laughs> For real. I was banged up. I mean, I had five glasses of wine in, in less than probably yeah. 13 minutes. At that, at that temperature, it tastes like water. And yeah, that's a that's a full bottle, my friend. That'll do you. Just delicious. Freezing cold and it, oh, sweet. Down the hatch, as we say. Down the hatch. Yeah, it, absolutely. I was, I was, absolutely. I was so. Cheers to that. Cheers. God bless. This is, this has been absolutely awesome. We are so happy to have you. Thank you. We, you know, any. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Any excuse to drink wine is always a good one for us, but an even better one when we've got great company. And um, yes, man, what a what a fun and surprising turn of events. I didn't expect the stories that we got. I didn't expect any of this. I know. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I shook it up for you. I, it was actually fun for me because I've been on such a train. You, you, you yes. know, I go in a hyper 
drive and just go right into my stories. And uh, I just told you guys. What some- do you? Nobody's drilling you down on what on what champagnes you're drinking on the road. Nobody's asking you those questions. You know what? <laughs> I, I I try. I'm. No one's asking me any of those questions. <laughs> and I think the questions were great. And by the way, the stories that I told you guys, I haven't told those stories, and I, I haven't told those stories in a very long time. Actually, I told a couple of those in 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 the one man show that I did in Vegas. So you know. Uh, that was one night only, and only a handful of people got to see that. Well, actually, more than a handful because that was a big crowd. But yes, yeah, seven hundred thirty-five to seven thirty-five to be exact. That's right. Yeah. Let's hit the champagne. <laughs> nice. You guys are awesome. All right. Well, that was a lot of unexpected stories. I didn't expect him to doze out on the Phantom of the Opera previews with Andrew Lloyd Webber sitting literally right next to him. Did you? Uh, I didn't, but that's what I love about this podcast is, uh, I mean, really, who could have guessed? You know, you get some wine and people and they start telling stories. I mean, really, what if what <laughs> if we stumbled upon here? <laughs> uh, greatness, I think is what it is. And a lot of delicious wine. Um, we had a great time with Jake. I think that much is very, very clear time for our last drops. What were our takeaways? What did we learn? What did we gain? Um, let's start with the wines. Uh, did you feel like you had a favorite between the Ornelia and the Bill Carr Simone 2007? You know, I, I actually didn't. And what I liked about these two wines is that I didn't drink one and then the other. They were both so fascinating that I would drink a little champagne and go to the Ornelia. I'd kind of cleanse my palate back with the Bill Carr and then go back to the Ornelia. So I, not to dodge the question, but they're so distinct and so beautiful in their own right that um, I just love them both. I couldn't agree more. I I'm actually right there with you because, and I think he was too, just based on how many times he was cheersing and switching glasses. <laughs> yes. Same. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was most surprised about the drinkability of the Ornelia so young and I did not expect to love it as much as I did. It's a 2017, obviously an iconic producer, a wine that we all hope to to drink one day as baby psalms. And here we are on the podcast drinking it. But I, you know, I thought it was very, very approachable. I did not decant this wine. I let it breathe in glass for just a moment. And I kept going back to it and didn't find it unapproachable in the least. I went back to the Bill Carr, which I, like I told you before, I had this a couple of weeks ago with my sister. And I was, I only had like a little sip of it because I had to share with a group of people. So I was glad to have the whole thing to myself this time around, but I'm with you. I was kind of like, both of these were delicious in their own right. I love a good vintage champagne. And I think this one over delivers for the price and gives you a beautiful expression of Chardonnay, uh, and a wonderful vintage of champagne. Absolutely. Yeah. And takeaway for me too, was just his, um, I loved his spirit of giving back, you know, the, uh, um, of, of, um, just generosity and, um, also just his, his, uh, attitude of kind of, you know, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, which I know, I know you feel the same. You were a performer as well. And I'm sure you had moments where you doubted yourself and that, can I do this? And, you know, it's that, it's that sort of like fear, the feel the fear and do it anyway, you know? Um, and so that was really just a great reminder to myself of, uh, and I'm, I probably was to you as well that, you know, no matter like where you are in life, like it's okay to feel afraid of something and, and, and still try it. Yeah, no, I I think that was a great takeaway and I'm certainly motivated not only to drink these wines, but maybe to do a few pushups and continue to persevere. So what a fun time. I'm excited to, to fall asleep tonight and think about the crazy conversations that we had, uh, with Jake Steinfeld. What a treat. Um, 
But uh, where can people find these wines should they want to acquire them? These wines can be found at wineaccess.com. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram at wineaccess and on Facebook at the Wine Access Experience. Absolutely. Well, you can find the wines there. You can follow Vanessa and all of your wonderful adventures as head of wine at Wine Access. And you can follow this podcast at Wine Access Unfiltered on Instagram and on the website, wineaccess.com slash podcast. So what a treat, what fun. I've got a lot of wine left over, probably more than I should have, but it's not going to waste because I will drink all of it. These are not going down the drain. <laughs> no, they're definitely not going down the drain. Hopefully I can find some of his don't quit protein shakes to wake me back up in the morning. But until then, thank you for uh, for being with me today. And cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs>